St. Augustine of Canterbury Church presents Sunday Homilies with Father Samuel Keyes. For more information and a calendar of upcoming events, please visit staugustineofcanterbury.org. That's staugustineofcanterbury.org. Thank you for listening. The story of Lazarus is famous in part for um, an obscure reason. It contains the shortest verse in the whole Bible. Jesus wept. That's, that's what I remember about it from my you know, days in Bible, uh, uh, Bible drill and uh, growing up as a Baptist. Um, shortest verse in the Bible. Not that that in itself is all that significant. As you may know, the chapters and verses that we have in our Bibles come from much later uh, scribal traditions. But as a verse, it is memorable. Because in those two words, Jesus wept, are packed a whole lot of meaning for Christians. Jesus wept, which means somehow God wept, which is just weird. Because God is supposed to be transcendent and unchangeable and immune from the kinds of passions and emotions that cause people to cry. Surely God, the supreme source of life and life, does not feel pain or sadness or joy, surely God just is, like the sun quietly unmoved in his heaven. And yet God is somehow moved. Jesus, who is God the Son, is moved even to tears by the death of his friend. He is moved by love. That's what the people watching say. See how he loved him. God is love. We say that, we hear that. Quoting St. John, as if it makes sense, but of course it doesn't make any sense. How could God be love? Do we really want God to be love if it means God is somehow like our love? Sounds nice because people, you know, like love and people like the idea of love, but our love is so often selfish. I love someone because of how they make me feel. I love someone because of what they do for me. Maybe even I love someone out of some kind of obligation or duty. Is that what we want of God? Do we want to worship that kind of love? I don't. Nor should we. God is love, which means exactly that God is real love, the thing to which all our loves aspire but fall short, the good thing behind all the stupid things that we do in the name of love. And God is love not because God is looking for an emotional fix or because he feels obliged or because he needs something that somebody else can provide. God is love because God is God, and because it is just in God's nature to look beyond his own nature to something else. To say that God is love is the same thing as saying that God creates. If there is anything at all that exists, it is because God is love, because God chooses and wants and desires to have fellowship with someone besides himself. Back to Lazarus. Jesus weeps. Because that's how love works. Love, if it is real love and not just an especially long streak on a chat app, is invested. To love someone means that if something bad happens to them, it happens to you. You have identified your good with their good. And if something isn't good for them, it's not good for you either. And I think this is the real point of the Lazarus story. It's not about Jesus going around to certain special people and raising them from the dead. It's about Jesus' absolute commitment 
to love. He will love us, and he will not let anything get in the way of that love, even death. And here, if we can kind of put on our student caps, a good reader might notice some pretty strong foreshadowing in this passage. If Jesus takes love as seriously as this, what will he do next? If he can really raise the dead, will he stop at Lazarus? How far can this love really go? The answer is, all the way to hell and back. There's no time, no place, no thing, no person who is beyond the reach of God's power and love. Maybe even more than Lazarus, we see that in in our reading from Ezekiel, and we didn't get the whole of the passage, but it's the dry bones passage. I'm sure that you're familiar with, you know, Ezekiel and the dry bones. You know, and God says, I will make these bones live. We're not talking about a man who's just been buried. We're talking about dry bones lying abandoned for years. And God says, these bones shall live. Which is all crazy, right? But even now, before we get to Easter, I think that these stories are trying to show us what Easter really means. Jesus rising from the dead doesn't mean fundamentally that God is going to just fix all our problems right away, or that God is going to magically reverse all death and evil and sickness that we can and will experience in this life. It means that God will be with us and love us through all of that. And this love has the power to bring us through to the other side, through to the place where we can fully receive the love that is offered and share that love in return. So let me end with this. Where, where do you see yourself in the story of Lazarus? I suspect that most of us would naturally put ourselves in the place of the crowds, the onlookers who are just watching all of this unfold. Maybe we'd put ourselves with the disciples who are also in a way on the outside looking in. But what if, and, and this is a what if that basically all the fathers ask in reading this passage, what if we're Lazarus? What if we're the dead man, wrapped up in cloth, just waiting in the tomb for the call from Jesus to come back to life? What would that look like for you? For all of us, there's no doubt parts of our life that may as well be dead. Maybe it's an area of sin, a sort of darkness in the soul that we no longer understand or control Maybe it's a painful memory, an experience that has taken on a life of his own. The point is simple. Jesus is calling. He's saying to each of us, come out of the tomb. Let someone, let the church, and actually St. Augustine, actually, maybe it's not St. Augustine, one of the fathers talks about the, the wrappings, you know, and, and that that's the church's job as Jesus calls people out of the tomb to unwrap them from that bondage. Come out of the tomb. Jesus is not satisfied with our excuses, even if they're good excuses, like being dead. He wants what is best for us. He will stick with us, even when we don't stick with him. He is calling. Listen to him.